On Saturday, June 17th, podcasters from the DCTV Podcast Network are gathering together for our third annual live charity fundraising event. This year, we'll be raising money for the World Wildlife Fund, the world's leading conservation organization that works in 100 countries to protect endangered species and critical habitats. For more information on how to donate and where to listen, visit dctvpodcast.com slash fundraiser. Supergirl Radio Rebirth, your source for the DC comic series called Supergirl Rebirth. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss and review Supergirl number eight, which was written by Steve Orlando with art penciled and inked by Matthias Bergara. The description for this issue reads, A Superman Reborn Aftermath tie-in. Superman and Supergirl meet again for the first time to face the evil of the Emerald Empress. Plus, what does it mean for the girl of tomorrow when tomorrow promises a dark night? Shocking revelations, all powerful sorceresses from the future. Sorceress is a very hard word to say, just FYI, <laughs> if you're wondering. The Batgirl of Burnside and Dinner in the Wild West. They're all here in this amazing issue. So this was a, a, a fun issue just kind of on Supergirl and Superman, really. This is kind of what it focused on mainly. Um, so, Carly, what did you think about Supergirl getting to spend time with her cousin? I always love Super Cousin time. No matter what media it's in. I loved it in the show. I love it in the comics. Um, I, I love the idea of this day of truth this Kryptonian day of truth, it almost kind of reminded me and full disclaimer, I'm not Jewish. So just take this with a grain of salt, but it kind of reminded me a little bit of like Yom Kippur. And from my understanding, it's like part of Yom Kippur is when you go to people that you've wronged and kind of ask for forgiveness. Like that's one of the, that's part of the tradition of observing Yom Kippur. Um, just because I've had I've had friends kind of come to me and be like, this is part of my, you know, uh, my observance. And um, so the fact that like Kryptonians have to be honest with each other, no matter what, you know, no matter how how blunt the honesty kind of reminded me a little of that. Um, but it was really fun to see them kick butt and Kara just is so excited when when he shows up. And is like just excited to talk Kryptonian with someone. Like I think that was one of the things that made me have a lot of feelings. She was like, "Can we can we talk in Kryptonian?" Like I don't really get a chance to do it much these days. Um, and then 
she got to have dinner in the Fortress of Solitude with Lois <laughs> and Clark and the little boy. And I was like, I just had so, I feel like I had so many feelings reading this that it was hard for me to find anything that I didn't like. Morgan, what did you think about Supergirl getting to hang out with Superman? Yeah, I really liked it too. I, I love their interactions with each other. Um, like Carly said, I love that like one of the first things she was doing was like, can I speak Kryptonian to you? Like, I don't get to use it. And he's like, uh, well, just as long as you don't make fun of my accent. Uh, I thought that was cute. I, I, I liked it that they contrasted that she is more Kryptonian than he is. Like, she remembers a lot more of their traditions. And it was important for him to do this, like, day of truth because he isn't as steeped in the traditions he doesn't really have the memories of krypton like she does i thought that was like an interesting way to to bring that about um yeah it was it was just really nice to see the two of them like interacting with each other and uh and and spending some quality cousin time yeah i i think that's really interesting uh about the day of truth carly that you brought up that uh it sort of reminds you about uh people having to uh come to people that they wronged or whatever. But I I was really, because that puts a little new perspective on this issue for me, because when I was initially reading it, I thought, well, why why just one day of truth? Why, why, why isn't every day a day of truth? I was very confused about that, <laughs> especially for Superman and Supergirl. I was like, every day should be a day of truth. Um, but like, but like y'all, I, I really enjoyed the uh, time that they got to spend together and especially going to the fortress and all of that. And Morgan, you brought up the, uh, the Krypton. Well, I guess both of you brought up the speaking Kryptonian and, and the whole, uh, the accent situation. And uh, that seems to be a recurring thing that keeps popping up in these Steve Orlando issues is that Kryptonians have accents. And it's so frustrating for me as a reader because you can't hear it. You don't know what they sound like. Like, I don't know what Kryptonians sound like. And it really kind of frustrates me because I wish I did. But uh, and speaking of the language, I thought it was also really interesting that Kara mentions that she struggles with the contractions in the English language, that contractions do not exist in Kryptonian. So that there's some more information about uh, Kryptonian and Kryptonese in there. Um, but yeah, the... Uh, the whole dinner at the fortress is great because uh, she does get to spend some time with Lois. And um, I don't know if y'all <laughs> uh, laughed about this as much as I did, um, but Lois mentions Cat Grant in their little conversation and how uh, she takes a little bit <laughs> of digs at Cat. Uh, Lois calls her the human log line. And uh, that, uh, according to Kara, Cat Grant has a secret room where she plots against Lois Lane. That made me super giddy. Uh, just to know that in, in this uh, version of the DC Universe, they do have a, a little bit of a rivalry. And they are fully both aware of it. Um, so I liked that a lot. And do we have any specific thoughts about Kara interacting with Little John? Well, not Little John. That's a totally different character. But, uh, young, young John, I guess I can call him, uh, cause he, she did get to meet him and hang out with him. Are, are y'all familiar with him as a character? Yeah, I was real confused. <laughs> I was like, oh, who's this? 
Yeah, he is their son. And I'm I'm sort of confused. I guess uh, some listeners uh, could probably help us out with this. But uh, they, they do go into telling this story about how um, the whole thing about the tr- Day of Truth is that Mr. McChess Pitalik uh, was a fake Clark Kent in disguise. And someone had split Clark's essence, creating two supermen. So I think that's part of the backstory of this. But I think all we really need to know basically is that John is Superman and, well, Clark and Lois's son. So um, if you were confused about that, I think that's all the basics that we need to know. I know there's a lot of stuff that I haven't read, um, but generally when um, they do have a son, they name him John. Um, so it was kind of fun to see all of the uh, the House of L together and, and having dinner. Um, Carly, what did you think about the art in this book? Um, it was really fun. I, I, I always like how, like, I always feel like there's, there's different artists have different takes on things. And I feel like this particular issue, the eyes were really prominent for me. Like that was a really defining characteristic for a lot of these panels. When she looks at when Carl's looking at the picture of baby Jonathan and she points out, oh, your eyes are just like your dad's and you just look at the picture and it's this little boy with like big baby blue <laughs> eyes. Um, and then it's kind of cute because like she's got those same blue eyes too. I'm like, oh, it's a little Kryptonian thing. Um, I loved the uh, the cover, like the inside cover uh, where, where it's the it's not even in the issue, but it's like right before the issue starts where it's Kara putting her hands on her hips and sticking her tongue out at uh, Superman. And he's <laughs> yeah, just, I love and that. And they're both floating in midair and he just got his arms crossed. I feel like that's just that's just so good because it says so much about their relationship in yeah. a nutshell where she's just like sassy and full of attitude. And he's like, Okay. Um, let's see if there's anything else. I, I did like the whole sequence where they're talking in National City and they go and have lunch on the on the park bench and they're both in disguise because they kind of look alike with the brown hair and the glasses. I'm like, oh. But then apparently she... I'm confused because she's not wearing a wig. She can like change her hair color yeah apparently the glasses and the and the hair color change like go together that was like something where i was really confused and those panels i think it's on page 13 page are you 13 yeah where she has the glasses on and she's got the brown car danvers hair and then she takes it off and suddenly it's like the blonde supergirl hair and uh and john's like that's so cool and i was like how does that work (laughs) I'm so glad the two of you brought that up because I had a question about that too. I have never heard of this. Maybe it's somewhere deep within the Supergirl mythology, but this is brand new to me that she can just change her hair color by taking her glasses off. I was very confused about how that worked. That's going to like save her a lot of money in like dyeing her hair. Definitely. Wouldn't that be <laughs> like nice? down the line? <laughs> I just feel like I thought, I, I thought I saw, um, at the beginning of Rebirth, she put a wig on. I thought I, I, thought I remembered that That's happening. Se- that seems right. Yeah. I thought I remember that as well, as well. Which is why I was like, huh? You think that this would have come up before, like, issue, what's eight? <laughs> yeah. You, you would you'd think that would be earlier on in the series. Um, like, if it's some DEO technology where somehow the glasses are connected to some kind of weird... Um, 
holographic projection thing like they like uh they use on the flash i would buy that but like it just i feel like there's been no explanation for it well the deo speculation would make sense because even on the show when uh, early early on when we meet alex danvers she has the deo badge that turns into an fbi agent badge so I, I would buy that it's a DEO thing, but we're never really told that in the comics. So, uh, right. Yeah, That's why it's, it's like weird. Sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Uh, I think some of my frustration with Rebirth is that we don't get told certain things that just kind of pop up, like the wig, Eliza Danvers' missing hands. Uh, are missing have hand. We, have we gotten an explanation for the missing Still not explained. Still <laughs> not explained. Still have no idea why she's missing a right hand. Um, so there are some things that I'm like, why? This seems so easy. Like, you could just explain this. And I don't know why it's not being explained. So, um, but I'm, I at least feel good knowing that I'm not the only one who was like, what? <laughs> uh, so that's, that's good. Um, and Carly, I think you're, um, you pointing out the uh, the fact that the eyes in in this art uh, were very dynamic. I, I think that's a, a a good point because on page six, and if you hear thunder, in the I was going to say, is that thunder in the background? Um, <laughs> I don't, I do, I don't think I need to take cover. I don't think I need to be alarmed by okay, any means. Good. But there is <laughs> some thunder rolling in the background. So if you do hear that, that's what that is. Um, but on page six, I really like the panel at the very bottom of the page because it's, um, it's kind of, it's a close up. It's not like an extreme close up, but it's, it's a close up of Superman and Supergirl and their eyes really pop in that, in that little bitty panel and especially Supergirl. So I, I like that you pointed out the, uh, the eyes in this, in this issue. Yeah. I also like the one where the one thing I like about this issue is, um, okay. So spoiler alert, sometimes podcasts aren't recorded in order and we and we technically <laughs> and we technically have already read uh and talked about issue nine but what i like about eight and and i had read it before and then i went back and read it after i i read the batgirl crossover was i didn't i completely missed like how much she gets dropped into this where she's basically just spying on Kara the whole time <laughs> um and so I love the panel where she's looking at Superman and Supergirl through her little binoculars and then cut to the two of them, but it, they're, but they're colored in red because it's through the lenses of her little like bat binos. Yeah. Um, I loved that a lot. And then, and then of course her at the end, Batgirl at the end, uh, eavesdropping like, Oh, yeah. okay, she's getting ready to come in soon. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a great page to end on. It's a really, mm -hmm. really awesome Batgirl comic book page. Like it's, it, I think that's great. Um, Morgan, do you have any favorite panels or pictures in this issue? Yeah, I think I think Carly covered it. It was like um, on page ten where you see the little insert of um, Superman and Supergirl, and it's because it's uh, Batgirl looking at them through her like binoculars. I thought that was really cool. Uh, I like that the way that they sort of played with the shape of the panels uh, in some of in some of the pages, and uh, especially like I think Carly mentioned this one too, um, where she's talking about, you know, you look just like your father, and it's sort of a, a, 
a picture of her looking over at a photo and then like a, like a close up of the photo and then like another close up of her talking. I like the the way that they've sort of set the the panels up so that it wasn't just, you know, panel, panel, panel. There was some some difference in there. Uh, and even the info dump that I did not understand uh, whatsoever <laughs> about Superman, there being another Superman and them fighting somebody. I was like, oh, my God, this is a lot. But <laughs> but the way that they set up that the panels are really cool, and like visually interesting, even though my brain like basically just disintegrated and melted out my ears when I was trying to figure out what was happening. But uh, <laughs> I think that they did a, a really he did a really good job. Um, with some of these, especially some of the bigger panels, I think on its page 20, where they have sort of a juxtaposition of Kara talking to the DEO and is it Ben? Yes. Um, talking, yeah, I always forget this character's name. Uh, ben talking to Cat Grant about their, like both of them about their uh, specific assignments that you know are going to cross over and intersect in the next issue. I thought that was a pretty cool way to to show that they're sort of on parallel paths. Yeah, I, re- I really like that page too. It's a, it's a cool way to have two different parts of the story kind of converge into one page. So I definitely like that one. And um, I also had marked down page seven. Um, I really like page seven and the use of the green color in that one because Emerald Empress is very green. Her costume is very green. And so it's just, it's really cool. The, it's just a full page of Superman and Supergirl in an action shot with Emerald Empress. And at the top it says, I say we've got a job to do. So it's a, it's a cool it's a cool action shot, just a full page on that. So I really like page seven. Um, so yeah, I really enjoyed the art in this book. I, I thought it was a, uh, very uh, clean and refreshing and it was uh, very dynamic in a lot of uh, places and, and inventive. So I definitely liked the art in Supergirl number eight. Um, Carly, do you have any overall thoughts about this issue? I liked it a lot. I think, you know, it was more of a kind of a standalone uh, in many respects. I don't know how much more of Superman we're going to get in Rebirth. I feel like I kind of like, I kind of liked having a one-off issue for once as opposed to something that stretches over several issues. And so it was nice to kind of take a break from I think a lot of it too was like it was nice to take a break from the big Zorel, you know, plot line and how that was kind of depressing um, and get something that was a little, <laughs> a little more lighthearted and fun, which is I which is I think one of the reasons why I liked it so much and probably why it's I want I think it's been my favorite rebirth issue so far honestly in spite of the info dump like I feel like I kind of figured it out I figured it out the second time I read it it took me a couple tries to like started to put the dots together. I was like, oh, okay. So they're basically just like, you know, it, I know they, I think part of the, one of the things with Rebirth, it was like the death of Superman and all this stuff. And it was, you know, and, and then, and then of course he shows up and I'm like, how is he still alive? He's apparently dead. I don't know. Um, it's very confusing for a minute there. I, I feel like I understood it the second time I read it, maybe, but don't ask me to explain it. Um, <laughs> But overall, I think this has been my favorite rebirth issue that we've that we've gotten to. Yeah, I've had uh, people explain it to me, but I'm like, I still don't fully understand because I think you have to kind of be reading it to fully understand. But from what I know and from my understanding is the new 52 Superman died and another Superman came in. 
Um, so, and, and I think the page 17 really does a good job of visually showing you what went down. There are two supermen that, um, that we see the two, uh, the two families, uh, with. There's a Superman with a Lois and there's an, another Superman and a Lois. And so you kind of get it visually. So it, I, I can, I can make myself understand it just, uh, just based on that art. Morgan, do you have any uh, closing overall thoughts on this issue? Yeah, I also, I liked this one. Um, I thought, like Carly said, it was a little bit less depressing than having her have to fight her dad, uh, even with all the um, sort of the confusing backstory that where I'm not as well-versed in what's going on in like the larger DC universe. So I was just like, oh boy, that seems complicated. And like, went to the next page. Uh, but I think you, I like that you kind of can do that. You're just like, okay, whatever. Uh, back to family story time. And, <laughs> and it doesn't really impact the, the, uh, the overall issue that much. It's, it's mostly Supergirl and Superman, you know, fighting crime and, and hanging out and, and bonding. And I, I always like seeing those two together. So I thought it was a really good issue. Yeah, I liked seeing Superman and Supergirl hanging out together, and I always love it when we get to spend some time with Lois. And it's nice to see Supergirl with Lois. Like, that was fun. I enjoyed that, especially when they had that shared Cat-Grant connection, uh, which amused me to no end. Um, and there were some things that... Uh, there was one one thing that I thought was uh, educational for me in terms of food, um, they talk about how, uh, Superman and Supergirl, well, Clark and Kara, I get the, I guess at this point, uh, they order spam musubi. I don't know if that's how you say it. Uh, because Eliza says that dish is popular in Hawaii. And so Kara and Eliza are trying to, you know, try these, try out these new, uh, dishes together. And, um, so I, I looked up what spam Musubi is, and it is a popular snack and lunch food in Hawaii composed of a slice of grilled spam on top of a block of rice wrapped together with nori, which from my understanding is like a, like seaweed, um, in the tradition of Japanese omnisubi, which I'm sure I'm pronouncing all of that incorrectly. Um, but, uh, it's good to know that that exists, but I probably will not be trying it. I don't think I'm as brave as Eliza and Kara to, to try out a new, dish that they have never eaten before but that uh, that was educational for me i had no idea that that uh popular snack food existed and um one thing that i thought was really profound for the character of supergirl is that they make mention of the fact that since supergirl stopped cyborg superman the s shield is now more associated with supergirl instead of superman and i thought that was really pretty cool that the people of national city Ever since she helped stop this Kryptonian, uh, you know, this cyborg Kryptonian invasion, they, when they put on S-Shield t-shirts, they wear it because they want to represent Supergirl. And I thought that that was really cool. Um, so I, I did like this issue. This had some great art in it, I thought. And um, I, I really enjoy getting to see these characters hang out together. Um, I have some questions, like I, I wasn't sure if that was the Spectre on page 18. Uh, I wasn't really sure um, who that was because uh, it looked like a green hooded figure. I didn't know if that was going to come into play. Um, I didn't know what the Omnihedron was, but it sort of sounded like the Omegahedron from uh, Supergirl the movie. So I'm c curious about that. So I have some questions leaving this, but overall I thought it was a pretty good issue. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our thoughts on Supergirl number eight.
this is the third time I've not been ready mm-hmm. to read this. I'm always ready. I'm always ready for you to to, to talk more. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different from our regular episodes. I know. This is the third time. I missed my cue. That's okay. I can, I can edit it together. <laughs> if you've already picked up the issue, make sure to give it a rating in Comixology or your DC Comics app. And if you haven't bought it yet, Supergirl number eight is available in the DC Comics app, the Comixology app, as well as Comixology.com, Google Play, the Nook Store, Amazon, and at ReadDCEntertainment.com. And as far as keeping up with us, if you want to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. We are also available on Google Play and iHeartRadio. And we have a Spotify on Playlist, so check out Supergirl Radio on over there for songs from the show, songs that are related uh, to the character of Supergirl and uh, about the Superman mythos in general. Lots of music there. And we are also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash dc-fans. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. And we're a part of the DC TV Podcast Network, so if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, DC Films, and classic DC TV shows, plus the upcoming Black Lightning, Krypton, and Teen Titans shows, subscribe to the DC TV Podcast Mega Feed and follow at DC TV Podcast on Twitter and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. And you should know and be reminded that DCTV Podcast is holding our third annual charity fundraiser on June 17th over at Mixler.com slash DCTV Podcast. It's M-I-X-L-R dot com uh, slash DCTV Podcast. Um, and th- this is very similar to if you hung out with us for the Supergirl Season 2 finale. Uh, this is a similar setup where you can come and be involved in the chat and, uh, and interact with us and engage with us while we talk. And it's going to be a, a pretty much a full half a day of podcasting live, marathoning, trying to ra- raise money, uh, for the World Wildlife Fund. Uh, the event kicks off with the Flash podcast at one o'clock PM Eastern and will feature Quiver, DC Films podcast, iZombie, iZombie Radio, DC TV Classics, um, Legends of Tomorrow podcast, which if you don't watch the show, you can still come in <laughs> and listen to the still podcast. Listen. You can still listen. Just drop on by. You can still participate in the chat live, even if you've never seen the show. Uh, but I mean, you can totally fine with that. You could, you could watch it if you wanted to, uh, but you don't have, it's I, I not mean, required. You could, yeah. <laughs> no, we don't require that. <laughs> yes, yes. But you can, you can still come on by and uh, chat with us uh, for the fundraiser. And Supergirl Radio, we will uh, be around at 3.20 p.m. Eastern. So if you just want to come for the Supergirl uh, portion, you can come and hang out with us at 3.20. And uh, we'll have a wrap-up show with everybody at 9.10 p.m. Eastern. So this is the third time we've done this. And it's a lot of podcasting. It's so much fun, and we get to raise money for a good cause. And uh, I highly recommend everybody coming uh, and checking it out because you'll you'll have a good time. We have a good time. Listeners have a good time. And if you do donate, you will be automatically 
be entered into a raffle to win some prizes. That includes a comic book, a Supergirl comic book signed by Sterling Gates. So uh, if you donate, you will be uh, eligible for that. And you can donate right now. You don't have to wait till Saturday. You don't have to wait till June 17th. You can donate right now. And some people already have. So uh, thank you to those who have already donated. And you can follow, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. I'm not going to be posting at tweeting as much. Really, I'm trying to quit Twitter. I'm so trying to. It's very, very hard because I'm addicted. So I'm really trying to back away. But if you want to contact me, you can contact me at DerbyKid. I'm also on Instagram at the TheDerbyKid. That's T-H-E-D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. Uh, you can watch vid- my videos on YouTube.com forward slash DuckMcProd. Um, I've also started contributing to the Wonder Woman movie analysis for JLU podcast. So um, if you like the uh, kind of the commentary and the analysis that they have done so well over there uh, for the past couple of movies, um, I'll, I'll be contributing to that. And in terms of podcasting, I was recently a guest on Suicide Squadcast to talk about Wonder Woman. So uh, definitely go check that out. Is it my turn? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I spoke so much. <clears throat> no, it's fine. It's good. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at my name, Carly Lane. Uh, I am currently writing over at Nerdist and Sci-Fi Wire. Had a post go up today about <laughs> the 20th anniversary of Batman and Robin because <laughs> I just rewatched it. <laughs> And instead of live tweeting, I, I, <laughs> I saw turned, that I, I turned it into a post. <laughs> I can't wait to read that because I remember originally watching that movie when I was younger and being like, this is genius. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, it's still pretty brilliant. I feel like in a lot of ways, but then there are other things that don't make sense. Like the fact that Batman has uh, his own credit card. Yeah. Like, he has, he has he has a bat card. It's a goth. It's a goth card, like short for Gotham. And then the 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 card itself is in the name of Batman, and it's good through forever. It doesn't expire. <laughs> and I have so many questions about it. Like, <laughs> a, how does he apply for a credit card without a social security number? B, who takes the bat <laughs> card? Uh, <laughs> It's, is it like is it like an Amex where like when you try to use it everybody's like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, probably. I would guess. I just have I had so many questions or like, I don't know. That j- well, read the post because uh, there's a lot of this movie that's hilariously bad and some of it's hilariously good. Um, aside from that, just follow me on Twitter because I'll be sharing a lot of what I'm up to in the coming weeks, which is mostly just a lot of Winona Earp-related things and uh, maybe some surprises. Who knows? We'll see. Oh, now now I'm intrigued. <laughs> it's not surprises. I, I have no surprises right now. It's just, you know. Don't ruin the surprise, Carly. The surprises. <laughs> there is no surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, that's hilarious. <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. You can also find some of my writing over on uh, Buddy TV. I had some Winona Earp um, interviews from last year's Comic-Con, if you can believe that. It's been off the air for kind of a while. Uh, Go up just recently. And um, 
Also, I've been recapping the last season of Pretty Little Liars. Um, and I'm also, as we mentioned, a co-host of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. So you should definitely check that out as well. You can definitely listen. I, I don't know if we made this yeah, clear. It, you can definitely listen, but it's optional whether or not you want to watch the show. That is very, very true. <laughs> we cannot stress that enough. But it's on Netflix now, so why don't you? I mean, why, I, why I mean, not? You're going you're gonna to enjoy the podcast even more if you watch the show. Just saying. I mean, it's, you know, different strokes for different folks, but maybe you should <laughs> give it a go. Um, well, that's going to do it. So thanks for joining us as we read Supergirl Rebirth. Supergirl Rebirth.